0: Destination Morocco is excited to announce our new supporters platform where you can show your support for the podcast. Since early 2022, we have delighted in sharing with you the best of Morocco. Great travel advice, cultural insights, conversations with fellow travelers, and our own personal recommendations drawn from a lifetime of experiences. After all, we are proudly Moroccan-owned and operated with a mission to be genuine and trustworthy leaders in Moroccan tourism. Now, you can contribute directly to the podcast and help us continue this mission. Whether 5 8 or $10, a one-time or a monthly commitment, your support is greatly appreciated and keeps the podcast going strong. Follow the link in the podcast show notes or go to ko-fi.com. That's dash F I. Dot com and simply search for the word Morocco. See you there.
1: As yes, Dean, yes, let's, yes.
2: I want to talk about flights over. I want to talk about your itinerary. I want to talk about the city of Fez. That was my favorite. Oh my I also want to talk about Casablanca. Too touristy, not touristy.
0: Welcome to the Destination Morocco Podcast. A show that takes you away to the beautiful country of Morocco. I am your host, Azadeen El Mustakim. In each episode, we explore Moroccan culture, history, attractions, and activities. Real and practical information coming from experienced travelers and native Moroccans like myself goal is to help travelers that are struggling with planning any type of trip to morocco our company destination morocco builds personalized tour packages that will ensure you enjoy our country just like local follow us at destinationmorocco.co, and now let's go exploring Welcome to Destination Morocco Podcast. In today's episode, we have Mr. Al-Hussein Warira. We're going to be talking about two things today. We're going to be talking about Morocco and the World Cup and the phenomenon that it has created globally and the support that it has been getting from all African teams, countries, Asia, Europe, and the Arab world. So it's been really amazing performance by the Moroccan team in this World Cup, especially. Sam is with us to tell us what it's like to be in Morocco for the last game against Portugal, against Spain, and how the celebration went. The other thing we're going to be talking about is, since we have the podcast, I have an opportunity to be on other people's podcasts as a guest. The last one that I have done with Will and Brian, the Travel Agents podcast. It was a lot of fun for me doing that episode. So Sam, would you please tell us what it felt like when Morocco has won the last two games, one against Spain and the other one against Portugal.
3: Yeah, it's huge emotions all over Morocco. You know, it's, it's people here just didn't believe it. And when they won against Spain, you know, it started at 4 p.m. And then when the game over, all the streets everywhere especially in Marrakech and Casablanca, it's just unbelievable. Everyone was celebrating till late late morning, like 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. When you ask someone what's going on, they didn't believe that they won against Spain, which is one of the best teams in the world. It's just crazy. Yeah, Some emotions that you can't express, you can't explain, you can't describe. It's just amazing, you know.
0: Absolutely, yes. A lot of people are in disbelief that we have come this far in the World Cup, and I understand it takes a lot of hard work. So I would like to talk a little bit about the Moroccan team and about the coach. The Moroccan team is very diverse. A lot of them are not born in Morocco. Some of them are, but, but it's the minority, actually. A lot of them, they play in Europe, and some of them are born in Morocco, some in Canada, some in Spain, Netherlands, France, Belgium. So can you tell us a little bit about the team please
3: Yeah the, we start first by the coach Walid Regragui Walid Regragui was one of the best players he was born in France and grew in France he played for many international teams such as Grenoble such as Racing Santanders in Spain and of course he played for our national team since 2004 till 2012 when he stopped playing for our national team. It was one of the best players as well, especially during the World Cup 98 in France. And concerning the players, Moroccan players, we can talk about, for example, Hakim Ziyech, Hakim Ziyech number seven. It's one of the best players worldwide. He plays right now for Chelsea Club in England, originally from the north of Morocco, from the Rif and born and raised in Amsterdam, exactly, in Netherlands. And for example, Ashraf Hakimi. Ashraf Hakimi is born in Spain. He played for Real Madrid, and right now he's playing for Paris Saint-Germain. As well, for example, Roman Seis, born in France as well. is playing for one of the best teams in Premier League in England. Uh, we can talk about Nasiri, born in Syria, number 19. He plays for Sevilla right now. And the best of them is Yassin Bono. Yassin Bono, the goalkeeper. He born in Canada and he came back to Morocco. He plays for a local team called we Dead, we Dead, Athletic Club in Morocco before he moved to Spain. And right now, we choose one of the best five goalkeepers worldwide last year. All of them, they are a team of young people. And thanks to Walid, because he gathered all those amazing young people to fight and to play and to reach this semi-final in this world cup tournament which is amazing we can go back for example to the first time morocco applied to host the world cup it was 1994 and it went to the united states if you remember and then four years later they applied again to host the game yes. and they went to France. Yeah, and again in 2010, when the FIFA organization decided this time is for Africa, South Africa won against Morocco with one voice. I remember that. And then they applied to host this one in Qatar. The FIFA World Cup decided this time for the Middle East. And I am very happy because they proved to the world they deserve to host a World Cup competition, because right now they are the best to reach semi-final. By the way, they didn't qualify for 16 years, from 1998 till 2018 in Russia.
0: That's amazing. That's a lot of information. I, I remember back in 1986, watching the World Cup in Mexico, and um, that was the first time that any uh, African or Arab team advanced to the second round, and it was Morocco. And then it was just a lot of disbelief, a lot of happiness throughout the Arab world, throughout Africa. And what it did, it really changed the mentality of the African team. If you look at Europe today, it is extremely diverse. And it's because of Africa, because of immigration, because of travel. Even France, last time when they won the World Cup, the majority of them are actually Africans. In this tournament as well... In the French team, there's still a lot of people that are born and raised in Africa. They migrated or they have parents from Africa or roots in Africa. The same thing in Morocco. It's an incredible to see the transformation. If you look at the African soccer, for example, comparing it to back in the 60s, the 70s and the 80s and so forth. Now we have some incredible African teams. They can compete globally and they're really, really, really good. For me, Qatar World Cup, is really all about Morocco. They are the underdog. And the story of the World Cup in Qatar is about Morocco. So this is an extremely important opportunity for us because of the exposure we're getting from the media. Everybody's talking about Morocco. A lot of people are asking questions about Morocco. What is Morocco? Who are Moroccans and so forth? So which is really, really good. It piques the interest of a lot of people who don't know anything about Morocco. And uh, that makes all of us happy. So... In terms of celebration, we've seen it. I've seen it locally. I've seen it on TV. I've seen it on social media. Everybody's excited. Everybody's rallying around behind Morocco, and everybody wants Morocco to continue this amazing journey, this incredible story that it's going to truly affect African soccer, the Arab soccer, for generations to come. The Moroccan team, whether they know it today or they don't, they are giants in the future. I remember the, the Moroccan team back in 86, you know, the doors that they have open for everybody else. This is no different, but this is bigger. One thing that I have noticed difference between this team and the teams before is the mental strength that they have. They're playing against really, really incredible teams and they are not playing as fans. They are playing as players. In a mental status that we are equal, instead of, hey, you know, I'm playing against Mbappé, I'm a big fan of Mbappé, then I'm already lost. But if I'm looking and playing against Mbappé, you're a good player, I'm a good player. We're in the same level. Then mentally, we have a chance to win that game. So it's really, really at this point, in my opinion, it's all about mental strength and a mental game. So best of luck to Morocco. Morocco go all the way. Whether they win or lose, the story of Morocco is there to inspire everybody.
3: I wish them all the best as well.
0: The other thing, there has been an issue with Ziyech, with the previous national Moroccan team. Yeah. Because I know that Walid just took over a few months ago, maybe three months or so ago, and he brought him back.
3: Yeah, thirty first August. Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah, so you know, one thing about him—he's a very good player. But also, a lot of people don't know that all the money that he's getting paid, he's donating to his staff, people, and so forth. The other thing that you mentioned, the uh, Hakimi—that he was born and raised in Spain, but as a young player, he went to the Spanish national team. Spain is the soccer team is just incredible, but. He felt out of place. He felt like he does not belong in terms of the language, in terms of the culture. So that's why he wanted to play for Morocco. And this is one common thing that you see between and amongst all the players that are overseas. They've grown up in Europe. They've grown somewhere else. But they still have that love for Morocco. And they want to play for the national team of Morocco. So they choose to come back and play with the Moroccan team versus Netherlands, versus France, versus Spain, There's a Moroccan guy playing with France, so he's playing against his brothers. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know his name, but yeah.
3: Yeah, in France, like the team right now, 13 players are from Africa, from Senegal, from Ghana, from uh, Madagascar, from like a lot of countries, African countries.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome. So this has been really, really amazing. Sam, thank you for being with us today. Really, really appreciate you. Appreciate your hard work. Appreciate everything you do for Destination Morocco.
3: Thank
0: you very much. And um, go, Morocco. go
3: Morocco. Sir, 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 sir. Go Morocco.
0: Thank you. Thank you, thank you.
3: Thank you very much, Cessie. Thank you very much.
0: Brian and Will, the Travel Agents podcast has been amazing to me. Really, really good. Very hospitable. Very kind. Very grateful for the opportunity that they have given me to be one of their guests in their podcast.
2: Where in Morocco are you originally from, or your family, where are they from?
0: Escape to the exotic beauty of Morocco with our exclusive small group tours. Experience intimate group sizes that ensure personalized attention and unforgettable adventures from the enchanting streets of Marrakech to the serene beauty of the Sahara Desert. Forge friendships that last a lifetime while immersing yourself in Morocco's rich culture, vibrant traditions and warm hospitality. Book your small group tour with Destination Morocco today. Experience the intimacy of a private tour at an affordable price. Go to our website, destinationsmorocco.com. That's destinations with an S, morocco.com, and reserve your spot today. I am originally from Marrakech, born (laughs) and raised in Marrakech. Um, I lived there since, well, 72 to 95. Then I moved to the US. Okay. My ancestors, my family, hails from a small village. Yeah. It's called Telwet. Which is in the outskirts of a city called Wurzazet, and Wurzazet oh. is known for it's. It's like they call it the Hollywood of Africa. So that's where the Africa Studios.
2: Sdn, I have something to tell you. I yes, have been to Wurzazet.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> is that crazy? Oh my goodness, that is insane.
2: It was awesome. Oh wow! I wish I could remember the name of the hotel. Oh, they have some nice
0: hotels. A little bit old, nice. Oh, they're houses. amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Wait, is this the... I think this is the city where they filmed Gladiator, isn't
0: it? Yes, they have... Actually, they have a Gladiator Museum. Wow. Game of Thrones Museum. And they're right now, they're filming uh, The Witcher. Okay. Morocco. Wow. They're filming The Witcher, yes. And also, if you visit Wazizat, what I've been to do, you'll see the camera crew there all the time, filming something every few weeks they're filming something so it's they have made a lot of movies wow.
1: um in that area yeah so and that's like located sort of by the mountains but also by the desert right
0: yes it's actually by the mountains you're right and my village is i would say about maybe 50 kilometers before you get towards that okay they call it basically the gate to the desert so wow once that's you awesome. pass our village it's about um about an hour away from ait Ben haddu then you keep going south and uh, the desert is about four hours away so
1: okay it looks gorgeous the pictures I'm seeing right now look absolutely gorgeous uh, you know in terms of tourism
0: Africa is amazing it's Mm. incredible it's a must visit yeah it doesn't really matter what country because each country is different in its beauty landscapes and Morocco is no different Morocco has I think it's number one or number two when it comes to UNESCO World Heritage Sites, wow! Uh, it's you know, I think it's after Egypt. It, it's okay. got to be after Egypt. Okay. Yeah. you really get transport back in time. It's just right. it's incredible. It's something it, the movies, TVs, the pictures they don't do any justice <sighs> to,
1: to no. any
0: sites in Africa. I promise you. And I
1: bet I love it. So I just want to uh, say real quickly for Wazazet, because it's it's spelled a little weird, weird. right? So What's it? Is. it's O well, U A R. Z-A-Z-A-T-E. So if you want That's to look funny. that up, the pictures of it are gorgeous. Yes.
0: And what is that? Is It's just, you know, the way that you spelled it, it's one way of spelling it. There's other people who spell it W-A <laughs> and the rest is almost the same. So oh, but yeah. The, the way you spelled <laughs> okay. it is That'd exactly the way that I spell it, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. That works. That would have been, would it would it be the like direct Arabic to English be with a W? Well, uh,
0: no, I spell okay. it with o o u a. Okay, okay. The way you spelled it, that's how I do it. Okay, yeah. perfect.
1: That's awesome. And it's located right next to the, well, not located right next to, but as you mentioned, it's the gateway to the Sahara Desert.
0: Yes. Wow. So in terms of the location, if let's say Marrakech is a really popular city, it's right in the middle of Morocco. It's dead middle of Morocco. So going south and going to the mountains, basically, um, it's about, an I would say, 120 kilometers. Okay. The distance, it's not very far. But it's because of the mountains and the turns. It takes a little bit of time to get to it. Mm-hmm. So, relatively, from Marrakech, it's about two hours or so. Just to give people an idea, uh, if yeah. if they are planning to go towards the and they don't know what it's like compared to Marrakech. So, if you're coming right. from Casablanca yeah. towards the it's going to be about four and a half hours.
2: I am really, really curious how you plan Moroccan itineraries because yes. oh I mean, I'm thinking you're gonna you're gonna have them go to towards aren't you?
0: Oh, well, this is how we do they're it. They're going right?
2: to love it, but they've never heard of oh, it.
0: Yes. The way that I build them, it's kind of weird in a different way. So the item already gets built in Morocco. Then I finish it. And the way that I work on it, I see it. I enhance the content a little bit. Then I add the pictures. I add videos that complement the city or the tour. Then I add the hotels or the riads. Oh, so at the end, you get an outstanding um Unbelievable itinerary.
2: See, this so, is what a niche looks like, right? Yeah. I was um, yes. told early on in my career, Brian, pick a niche and stick with it, get really good at it. And I got too <laughs> greedy. I want the whole world. So I, I plan <laughs> trips to Africa, Europe, Asia... Australia, Uh, New Zealand, and I love it, but I know a little bit about a ton of places and I don't really know much about anything.
0: (laughs) You know, I I completely understand what you're saying because I could have done the same thing, but I don't, I can't, I really can't. So I'm very fortunate to have Morocco as a destination and focus on it and have all my energy focusing just on that one destination. So I just sent you an itinerary for some clients that are planning to go in January. And you'll see the way that I built them. You'll see everything from A to Z. It's probably something you have never seen before.
1: I'm so. super excited to see that. Yes. As yes. Dian, yes. Let's, yes.
2: I want to talk about flights over. I want to talk about your itinerary. I want to talk about the city of Fez. That was my favorite. Oh my I also want to talk about Casablanca. Too touristy, not touristy. But let's start with the flights. So the airline okay. of Morocco is called Royal Air Morocco. Yes. And Royal I believe the only flight From Morocco to the United States direct, a nonstop flight, is through JFK. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. There's there's also one from D.C., and I think it's once a week. Okay. Either Wednesday or Thursday. Then they have another one from Miami. They added another one recently from Miami. And I think there's one also from Boston, but don't want to have to check oh, because okay. everything was planned before this, the pandemic and some, sure, some of sure, those sure. lines were kind of... Uh,
2: no problem. As the, in, do all the flights go into Casablanca or did some go into yeah. Marrakesh? They go to
0: Casablanca because Casablanca is the biggest airport in Morocco. Yeah. Casablanca is the hub. Yeah. It's, and, yeah and it's pretty
2: big. Yeah. yeah. Now, Casablanca is not the capital. The capital is called Rabat. That is correct, yes. Which is close to a couple hours from Casablanca? It's
0: actually, depending on how you travel if it's train by car it's about 45 minutes
2: oh that's not yeah. bad okay Same, so yeah. Casablanca is kind of where you're going to fly into and a lot of our listeners are have heard of this movie <laughs> called <laughs> blanca, Casablanca, blanca uh,
1: 1941
2: and there's a restaurant or a bar which you are a bar called Gr- what rick's bar oh okay and Gricks. it's a tourist trap correct yes okay <laughs> do you suggest your clients go there or are you like you can totally do without it you can totally do without, but here's the thing. People, because of the
0: movie, it doesn't look nothing like the movie. It has been remodeled many times, but it's still a good place to go and, you know, just like, hey, I took a selfie. I took a picture. I've been here. You yeah, know? So,
2: sure. Um, All right. You know, I still it, would yeah. recommend it. Yeah, I would So I do it, recommend it. Fly into Casablanca and take the selfie on the way to somewhere else. <laughs> 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 or, I mean, are you? are you... I guess here's my question for you, because I did not do Casablanca. I did... Rabat. And then we drove to the Casablanca airport to fly home. So I never got to see Casablanca. Oh, wow. I guess okay. my question to you as Dean is, is Casablanca, if, if I only, if I have 10 nights for Morocco, which I think is a pretty good amount of time for, you know, uh, a traveler to go over. I mean, obviously two weeks would be better or three weeks would be even better, but let's just be realistic. A, a lot of my clients have about 10 days. So 10 days in Morocco, would you add time in Casablanca?
0: Yes. And I'll, I'll send you some itineraries for 10 days and you can see them. The beautiful thing about doing 10 days, it gives you the ability to see the north side of Morocco and then the south side of Morocco.
1: Okay.
2: So you do days. time in Casablanca. Do you do time in Rabat?
0: Oh, absolutely. And this is how it starts. Let's say you have a 10-day tour starting in Casablanca. Normally the flight's if you're flying from GFK, the flight will land at 8.30 in the morning, unless there's some delays, with which we check. Yeah. Um, if everything goes well, then we pick you up. We take you to the hotel, take a couple of you know, couple hours rest, take a nap or so. And then after that, we take you to the mosque. Uh, the mosque, you have to get a tour guide. So the tour guide goes inside with you. You pay him you know, two, three bucks. Then he goes inside with you. It, it, the mosque is a must-see. This is the Hassan II mosque.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: It's a marvelous, marvelous mosque. It's a must see in Casablanca. It is mind blowing once you go inside. Then after that, you can do the Cornish, You can do, you know, a church. You can do a synagogue. You can do other side historical sites in Casablanca. And, and amongst them, the the big cafe um, and have lunch. So um, and also uh, towards the end of the day, a lot of people like to go to to the Cornish, to the coastal side, and just walk and just chill. There's you know cafes. There's live music. There's bars. Clubs that you can go to and stuff like that. So that's how I would, I would do Casablanca if I were traveling. And then because we're building a custom itinerary, we ask you things that you want to do in Casablanca. And that's what we do on your itinerary.
1: Sure. Okay. So after we go to Casablanca, then we're going to Rabat?
0: That's right. We're going to go okay. to Rabat. The, it's about 45-minute drive. Then the site visit in Rabat is really short. The reason is because all those monuments, they're next to each other. Okay. So um, it, the visit should take... No longer than an hour and a half to two hours in wow. Rabat. Okay, yeah, it's it's very short, very convenient, and then you can head up north. You can go, you know, to to Fass, You can go to Tangier. You can go, yeah, to okay. Asila if you want to make a stop. So you get to see the northern side of Morocco, which is beautiful. In Morocco, the landscape changes. Sure. Every forty-five minutes, it's just it's incredible.
1: Okay, um, you know, it's um, it's amazing. So. Uh, My question for you, I would imagine that uh, it's pretty easy to get from Spain to Morocco, you know, with the the Strait of Gibraltar being right there. There's a a very short distance. Is there an opportunity to take a ferry from southern Spain into Tangier?
0: Yes, that's the best way to move from Spain to Morocco or Morocco to Spain. The ferry is very popular. A lot of Moroccans during the summertime, that's how they come to Morocco and that's how they travel back to Europe. Okay. So whether they're going to Spain, Belgium, France, you know. So, yeah, the ferry is very popular. The distance between Tangier and Spain, it's about 11, I think 11 miles, 10, Mm -hmm. 11 miles. So it's a very short distance, yeah.
1: When I think of Northern Africa as a a whole, I'm thinking, you know, some of the World War II campaigns. I'm thinking uh, the Roman Empire and some of the conquests that occurred. So I'm imagining that there's a lot of Roman ruins in Morocco to see. Yes,
0: yes. There's actually a city called Volubilis. Now it's just some stuff that it's left because of there's a was a, an earthquake that hit Portugal okay. and the effect of it destroyed all those sites.
1: Wow, uh, what was the name one, of that again?
0: Volubilis. It's between Meknes and Chefchaouen.
1: Okay, so this is northern uh, Morocco.
0: Yes, and uh, it's in northern Morocco. It's a uh, when it, it's it's a must see. It's, okay, it's unbelievable. I mean, I've seen it. I went. I visited it twice in one tour. The first time when I visited. I had my GoPro with me, but unfortunately <laughs> I, I was running out of heck battery. Heck yeah. So I just, I <sighs> did the uh, the museum, then I had to come back. So we went to Shivshon on the way back and I, I had with me a, a tour guide. Okay. And it was just unbelievable. Voli is definitely a must-see. I mean, you can still see the tracks from the, the wheels from the Roman the mm. time.
1: Wow. I mean, you
0: can you'll see everything. It's just unbelievable.
1: That's really and
0: cool. It is. And the... Uh, and Volubilis, uh, a lot of people are surprised. It means flower in Berber. Okay.
1: Okay. And
0: when you go to Volubilis, now there's four main sites in Volubilis, and one of them, it looks like there's a there's a Caesar, with you know the olives uh, leaves on his head, but it's actually that was a Berber king, okay, or so, a, a ruler. It was inspired. He inspired the Romans in that, and they draw him hmm. uh, on that surface, and he, you can still see it, and you can still see the olive oil mills. You can see where they used to bathe. You can see where they used to raise fish. So it's just—it's unbelievable. And then there are some French archaeologists and European archaeologists that they spend about six months a year still looking for the mausoleum. And and I know it's it's got to be in the bottom of the hill because <laughs> once you go in, I mean, it's it's for me it was mind-blowing experience. I I swear to you, it was just it yeah. was beautiful. That European. sounds
1: really cool. So. After seeing uh, Tangier and the northern art part of Morocco, where are you taking your uh, your your guests on the tour? I would say Fez. Fez yeah, okay. can you
2: explain? Because it is Fez is one that yeah Google doesn't do it justice. But if you can go to Google Images and type in Fez, I think you'll you'll get a little taste of maybe why it's so cool and so great for like like Will like so. As Dean Will is a photographer. So he would uh, just light up in the oh city. God. Yeah. Uh,
0: you you gonna love Fes. <laughs> Fes for me is the source. Fes for me is where Morocco started. Fes is the original capital of Morocco. Fes is still to this day holds a lot of traditions that a lot of other cities let go of and they, they just don't exist because of development and, and technology and stuff like that. So fast, if you want to see and walk back in time, FAS is definitely the place to
2: be yeah. and what, visit. Yeah and, yeah, and just to add to that, what makes it kind of unique is there's so many different alleyways that cars can't go. It, you could never fit a car. It's so skinny you can barely fit two bodies, right? And oh, uh, I completely it, agree. And yes. you have these like buildings, beautiful colored buildings on each side of you and this gorgeous tile that you, like you walk on and tile all around you and it's so photo and all of a sudden you turn a corner and there's just a random shop right there and the owner's yes. sitting inches from you, just like, hey, what's up? Yes. You want to come on in? And yeah. it, it's it's really cool. Hey, Asdian, can you yeah. explain what a Riyadh is?
0: Okay. The Riyadh back in the day, this is back in the 19th century, the way people live now, it's just single families. Back in the day, it used to be Multi families, several families living in one house, and we call it riad. So it hosts three or four families. It can be sometimes just one large family. So it's got level one, level two, level three, probably. And then what makes it unique is because it has a garden inside, and then you have a water fountain. That's what those are one the significant things that you have to have on a riad is the the water fountain. So it just with the noise and the sound of the water flowing and stuff. Yeah. It just it's a very soothing sound and they are very elaborate, beautiful, right. built traditionally. Most everything is done by hand.
2: Yeah, they're From gorgeous. The
0: mosaic, yeah, to the decoration of the woods, the marble, everything is just, it's so really, really marvelous. Do
2: you, do you usually put clients in hotels or riads or a mixture of both?
0: That's a really good question. It really depends. And what makes the difference is the size of the group. If okay. we have a big group... Definitely the hotels because the the prices are cheaper and also they have more availability. Now, if you have, let's say, two people, four, six, even eight, you can firm in a Riyadh. Really, really nice. But just make sure you book it ahead of time. Yeah, That's one of the things that we realized after the pandemic. Everything is is high season. Everything is still booked. Everything is still busy. I'm really, really surprised. I thought it's going to slow down, but it's (laughs) not really slowing down. So that's That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah
2: absolutely do you have a, a peak season is like right now it's you know like well, fall summer spring winter it's really strange
0: the peak season was march april and may and then the last two weeks of december because of christmas because of the new year but now since morocco opened it's been a high season
2: <laughs> just all around <laughs> year-round <laughs> high around. season it's still, yeah, how I, about I for temp like do you, for temperatures though do you have a like a like really comfortable temperatures
0: don't go during July and August.
2: Okay, okay. No, yeah. it's good. It's good to know.
1: When I think yes. of Morocco, I think of amazing spices and incredible cuisine. Oh, what God. are some staples of Moroccan cuisine that visitors to Morocco need to try?
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Uh, this is an episode
0: <laughs> just by itself. You mentioned food. I get hungry. I love food. Oh my goodness! My <laughs> wife makes fun of me all the time. So the food, it's um. You know, the food really differs from city to city, Mm -hmm. from region to region. If it's the Arabs cooking, if it's the, you know, the Berbers cooking or the Jews cooking. So it's very diverse. You can say couscous, but every city makes it different.
2: Sure.
0: You know, couscous definitely is is one of the most popular because it's, uh, we, we make it on Friday. Friday is holiday for us. And we gather around the couscous for that experience and so forth. So each city makes it different. And one of the originals is you make couscous with the seven vegetables. And I think some people, some families still do it, but it's mainly fast, does it that way. Then couscous in Casablanca is different. Then the Rabat is different. So everybody really makes it they're, you know, different because Morocco is a really diverse culture. Even yeah. between the Moroccans, we have so many different tribes. So...
1: That's a interesting and thing that you bring up. That's a, I, I want to ask you about that, but let's keep talking about food. <laughs> then the my
0: favorite it's a roasted chicken with olives and preserved lemon.
2: Oh, uh, that sounds shirt. so good!
0: Um, <laughs> I I, yeah, I if do you remember need there's mixes. a ton of
2: olives in every
1: dish, and I loved it. Oh, uh, it sounds so uh, amazing.
2: Oh my goodness, that's that's definitely
0: my favorite. Then we have some delicacy food, and you know that it's kind of. It may look weird to the West that okay. we eat it, but it's, you know, for us, it's really delicious and we grew up eating it. So it, it does require a little bit of a taste.
1: Can you give us one uh, example?
0: So for example, for me, it's called here beef jerky. We We make beef jerky back home, but it's a little different. We okay. make it with fat and we soak it in fat and it stays in fat. And normally we eat it as breakfast and you just take scoop out of it, you know, with including the fat and the meat and you just. Like, uh, you do it with eggs, basically. Okay. You just crack a couple of eggs and, you know, the, the fat gets hot and it melts. And, um, you know, and then the beef gets warm and it gets kind of... It's really, really soft and tender. Yeah. Because it sounds of amazing. The way that it's prepared, yeah. yeah. And then for me, this one is kind of weird and strange because when I eat it, I feel kind of get a headache, like I feel high. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> in a good way.
2: Yeah. Okay. How uh, many... <laughs> tajines do you have in your house here's the funny thing my <laughs> wife does
0: catering and oh, okay uh, yeah her dishes are just beyond incredible so i think right now we have maybe six different tajines at home
2: so <laughs> <laughs> so you better explain what's a tajin and what does it look like oh sure a
0: tajine is a moroccan it's a dish made out of clay in a different way and then you cannot just buy it and use it for cooking right away. There's some steps that you need to take before you can use it for cooking. Okay. And basically you, you fill it with water for a couple of days and let the clay absorb the water. So that moist. And then you do olive oil. Um, so it absorbs that moist as well. So it, the process takes about three days.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Then you can use it for cooking after that. But also yeah. you cannot, it cannot be directly touching The fire. So, you have to put like an iron skillet, very thin iron skillet, just to absorb a little bit of that heat. And also, when you use it for cooking, you medium heat to slow heat to low heat. That's the best way to use it. That way, it does not break. You can make it with a variety of meats beef, chicken, lamb, goat, fish, or just vegetables. It's just incredible. Close your eyes and imagine the warm, desert breeze kissing your skin as you wander through the narrow streets of Marrakech. Feel the excitement as you lose yourself to the vibrant colors of the souks, where every corner holds a treasure waiting to be discovered. Experience the thrill of adventure as you traverse the majestic Sahara Desert on Camelback, with nothing but endless dunes stretching before you. Experience Morocco feel alive get 15% off all small group tours visit our website destinationsmorocco.com that's destinations with an s morocco.com use the word 15 as a discount code at checkout and reserve your spot today
1: Sejin are, are just beautiful pieces of yeah. ceramics, I guess yeah, yeah would be the word for it. But yes. they're gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like yeah. a
2: cone with yeah. like you take off the top and there's a hole at the top. I brought one home okay. and then quickly broke it. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> just dropped it on the kitchen floor. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shoot, man. It's all right. I, I here's the thing. It looks beautiful on my stove, but mm-hmm. I didn't I'd never used it because I didn't know how. I was too nervous. I was too okay. intimidated. Like, what am I going to do? Make some couscous? I can barely make grilled cheese. <laughs> I use an Instapot. If there was an insta if there was an Tajine, I might. You know, here's Man. the
0: funny my wife uses Instapot as well. Oh, and you can And, All and right. the way she does it, Let's... it's it's kind of, it's not really cheating, but it's just kind of fast forward the process of cooking it. Sometimes she, you know, it, it, she leaves it for a long time. Yeah. And then she finishes the process of cooking in the Tajin
2: so i love it okay 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 i maybe i could do that hey real quick uh, as deal i'm looking at your podcast called destination morocco and you have some really fun looking episodes you have one called what to pack before you go to morocco you even have balloon rides over morocco marrakesh And yes. so I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to check these out. Yes. So, very cool. Very cool. Thank you, um, thank you. Let's see. I wanted to, you, you made a reference to uh, Jewish cooking. And so when I was there in Morocco, I had on my tour, we had like four or five Jewish people on our tour and our tour guide knew that and he made a lot of, he made it a point to stop at various jewish cemeteries and jewish yes. cultural sites and i was shocked to see hebrew all over morocco all over various yeah. graves and it was preserved and it was protected and and that yes. was a big thing of the moroccan tourism board of just how hey come to morocco in the safety and the welcomeness really? of all cultures and religions and i remember being like oh my gosh like yeah. wow this is this is really cool because I think, unfortunately, for many of our listeners, maybe they just don't really have a point of reference of Morocco. Yeah. They see, okay, Northern Africa, is. In the first question is, well, is it is safe? It safe? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, do you want to talk on, can you talk on safety a little bit?
0: Oh, absolutely. But before talking about safety, I'll, I'll just go back to things that you have said earlier, you know, walking in yeah. Fess. You were describing to me the Jewish quarter. And the Jewish history is well-preserved in Morocco. Morocco was Jewish. 100% at some point So a lot of things that we have Inherited from our Jewish ancestors Including the food The, the Moroccan food is about 85% Jewish And wow. fast you can see when I don't know if you have seen The cemetery in fast but it's a must see I went to it, it was beautiful mm-hmm. Very nice it's, It is a cemetery So you feel, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit sad But still, yeah. compared to a Muslim Cemetery, there's absolutely no comparison Okay. Uh, the Jewish cemetery looked incredible. I've seen graves from the 1800s, the 1900s, So the Jewish wow. first, you know, it's it was one of the biggest Jewish cities in Morocco. Now there's, you have Fass, you have Marrakech, you have Sawera. So there's Jewish history anywhere you go to Morocco, whether you go into the mountains. Even my ancestors are Jews, you know, in the mountains, in the Atlas Mountains, in Wazir, in Eidberhadoo, wow. in the north side, in the south side. So you will always find... Jewish history in Morocco, anywhere you go. In one of the villages that is close to us, there's still a synagogue that it was built back in the eighth century and it still stands. It's not in good condition, but still, it's still there. So it just shows very how cool. integrated we are. And yeah. to the, to the West, it's kind of weird because we have that relationship with the Jews or with Israel, because mm-hmm. that's we are the same, you know. So, anyways, that's in awesome. terms of safety, uh, safety it's it really depends, first of all, on you. And you have to watch out anywhere you go. Any place you travel that is overseas, safety is very important. Absolutely. And we did um, in Morocco one of the episodes, I believe it's episode four about the scams and how to protect yourself and how to watch out for yourself and stuff like that. In Morocco, it is a very safe country. Probably the worst thing that can happen to you is you being scammed and, you know, and taken advantage. Yeah,
2: of. but those little monkeys are so cute yeah. in, the, in the square in Marrakesh, you know, <laughs> they run up to you and <laughs> they grab your wallet. No, they, they are cute, though, aren't they? They're so well trained. Yeah, they're well trained. They're nice. I'll, I'll get my picture with it. I'll give it a few bucks. Come on. I did
0: the same thing. Because I was with my friend and uh, I didn't want anybody to hustle me. And I said, you know, I gave him five bucks sure. and he let me do my thing. And, and I made a video. It was nice, you know, like thirty second, forty five second. 45 seconds. I was uh, happy and they were happy. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Azin, you mentioned earlier, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the Jewish ancestry. We've talked about the Arabic ancestry a little bit. But how many uh, different cultures make up the history of Morocco? Africa oh as God, a whole it's... is usually kind of tribal, right? So does yes. Morocco kind of have that... Uh, same sort of ancestry
0: yes we are very mixed i'll give you okay. an example so when you go to morocco and you talk to us or you see us walking we're all moroccans to you
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i felt the same way when i first came into the state all americans looked the same to me i had no idea or the difference between a southern accent new york accent boston accent california accent in morocco we all have accents wow. you know Marrakesh is is very distinct accent huh. so when you go to casablanca they speak different accent uh-huh. then robot is different accent then fast oh my god fast is they have a beautiful accent then the north side of morocco have a different accent then the mountain reef have a different accent than a different language uh, we're talking about the berber language It's yeah. the uh, and then this is go good this we town.
2: should talk about the berbers we should we should oh my
0: god ah oh, the berbers <laughs> you know a lot of people go to morocco and that's one of the biggest things that they miss is the life of the Berbers, you know, and especially the south of Morocco and the Atlas Mountains. Those tours we do as well, like it's eight days. And again, back to your itinerary, if you do 10 days, that's going to be included. So in a 10-day itinerary, you'll see everything.
2: Well, the Berbers kind of, uh, it's a people group, correct? Yes. And they just live um, a little differently. Yes, okay. It reminds me of the Amish in Ohio.
1: Are they nomadic?
2: Yes. Well, it's
0: a really good question. Um, The Berbers... They are the original inhabitants of Morocco. Mm. And it is believed that they have migrated from an area called the Sham. Sham, which is nowadays Israel, Syria, Jordan, and Lebanon. So that's where they migrated from. They were settlers. They were just following the water. whatever the water goes, that's where they, they go. So and that's how my family settled in the mountains, in our village. So, wow. and then... Centuries ago, my village consists of four families. So if you go to the village, they're like a hundred and something, maybe a few, couple of hundred people, but we're all related. <laughs> so it's, it's <laughs> just, it's crazy. I mean, it's cool. so it's, it's kind of funny, but yeah. So it's the same thing when you go from Berber village to Berber village. Right. Um, and the history is just incredible. And they have different laws, different traditions, different cultures mm-hmm. that applies to them versus the city. I'll give you an example. Let's say, because most of everywhere is mountains. So let's say a village is on top of a mountain. There's like a series of mountains next to it. Those mountains belong to that village.
1: Mm, okay.
0: So all the resources belong to that village, yeah. especially wood and forest and stuff like that. So somebody from a different village cannot come to that village and do something, you know, to those trees and stuff like that. They have to have a permission from the original village. So gotcha. they have different rules, yeah.
2: Okay. Hey, Asdian, could you do this podcast in three different languages? Oh, my God. Uh, Well, Moroccan dialect, yes, I can do it. Uh, Could you do this podcast in French? Je sais pas. Uh, (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. Because
0: I understand it more than I can
2: speak it. I remember when I was there, I wanted to learn some Arabic and some Moroccans said to me, listen, if you're going to learn Arabic, don't get me wrong. We'd love it if you learned Moroccan Arabic, but you should probably learn it from like Egypt because that's like the most. Do you agree with that or do you disagree?
0: I, I totally agree. The reason this is a really, really good point. You see, Egypt, the Egypt language is understood in North Africa and in the Middle East. The Moroccan language, which is a dialect called Darija, it's only understood in some parts in North Africa, you know, Morocco and Algeria, a little bit of Tunisia and Libya. But it's the Egyptians cannot understand us. Middle Easterns cannot understand us.
2: So if you meet so, a guy from Egypt, what are you going to speak with him?
0: We speak with them Egyptian because of the movies. I mean, we grew up with Egyptian movies. So that's the advantage we have. We understand them. They don't understand that. So we can talk about about (laughs) it.
2: If you meet a guy from Saudi Arabia, what are you going to speak?
0: The same thing. I mean, in Saudi Arabia, we can speak the Arabic language, the the formal language. So I'll give you just an idea in Morocco, the languages that are spoken. In my case, I am Berber. So my mother tongue is Berber. So that's the first one. Then as a local Moroccan, we speak the dialect of Darija. And then the first foreign language is actually Arabic. Then the second foreign language is French. Then the third foreign language is English. English is getting more popularity now than before. And if you go to the north side, they speak Spanish. They will not speak to you in French or anything (laughs) else, but in Spanish. So,
2: When you uh, moved to Texas, was your English pretty good already?
0: Well... Not really, because I thought myself English, so okay. I I learned English on my own. But I had a delay in my ear for the, it's like three seconds, four seconds, because sure. everybody spoke so fast. Yeah, that's how I, you know, I heard it. I always have to go, you know, like a a stop. Uh, sure. Okay, now I get it. So yeah. It took me about six months.
2: So it's the same with me in Arabic.
1: <laughs> yes. No, I'm kidding. I don't actually. So I want to I ask you a few more questions. Where can listeners find your podcast? Are you on all major platforms?
0: Yes, I am on all the major platforms where they listen to their podcasts or where they listen to podcasts. That's, yeah.
1: Awesome. And uh, could you, for one last time, could you say the name of your podcast, and the name of your uh, website?
0: The name of the podcast is Destination Morocco Podcast, and the website is Destination dot com
1: amazing and uh are you excited for the world cup oh my god yes oh my god it's it's, it's one of my favorite
0: events oh.
1: yeah. yeah excited for the atlas lions
0: yes uh we have a
1: good team yes. <laughs> yeah you we do. Do. yeah you do definitely yeah yes i'm excited for you this guys. Was so much fun i'm so glad
0: you could oh, join thank us you, thank, thank you. you thank you i'm beyond grateful Wow. and extremely appreciative and thank you so much yeah. i really 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 appreciate it and i mean it from my heart
1: the pleasure is all ours my friend
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Destination Morocco podcast. Our dedicated show website, DestinationMoroccoPodcast.com, is where you can find all of our episodes, leave a review, find our social media links, and even register as a guest. If you have been to Morocco yourself and would love to share a story, advice, or recommendations, you're welcome to participate in our podcast. Whether it's a five minute story or a full conversation, we will guide you through the steps so that you can share your experience with our listeners. We will be back soon enough with a new episode for you as we continue our exploration of the beautiful country of Morocco. See you then! You have traveled the world, but Morocco's allure beckons you. Destination Morocco is here to create the perfect once-in-a-lifetime Moroccan journey, tailored exclusively to your desires. Let us craft an itinerary that unlocks the secrets of this mesmerizing land just for you. For a luxurious, bespoke Moroccan adventure of a lifetime, visit destinationsmorocco.com. That's destinations with an S, morocco.com. And let us turn your dreams into reality. Your amazing Moroccan experience awaits.